Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Triple Jump Podcast. It's a video game podcast. My name is Ben. And my name is Peter. Good morning, Peter. Good morning, Ben. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? I'm also fine. Excellent. Thanks for listening, everybody. We will see you next week. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye bye now. <laughs> we got you good. Oh, uh, we sure did. There's at least another hour of this. This joyous high-octane banter to come. And, and spoiler alert, there's another lie to come in the next five minutes no. as well. What? No, no come I, off. I didn't say, I didn't say it. it. No, come I'm joking. It. I'm only joking, obviously. Now, that was it. That was the lie. That was there's it. Not, the, yeah. You were lying about there being a lie. Yeah. Well, that's good because we're moving on to uh, talk about the sponsor for this week's show. Oh, okay. And, of course, yeah. we require complete transparency. You know, we want to be totally honest with you guys. You know, it's, we, we, we maintain a high ethical standard here, especially when it comes to, to sponsors. We get sponsored each and every week by some form of video game related company. I don't know why we can't hold on to these sponsors. However, it is vital that given the subject matter of this show and the channel, that we communicate to you guys these sponsors in a clear uh, and, and, and easy to understand way so that if we sort of... If, if, for example, if the sponsor is Resident Evil, and then we go on to talk about how much we love Resident Evil, you know, you can know to take that with a with a little pinch of salt, right? Because you know that we've been sponsored by them, so we would never lie to you about that. No, um, and it's very important that we get it right. Case in point, Peter, what is the sponsor for this week? <laughs> uh, so. You know when uh, there's, like, a flood in mm. your house mm-hmm. and all the water gets in? Yes. And then all the watery insects and fish and horrible things can maybe then get into your house? Mm-hmm. Then when the water levels go down, uh, you know, it's quite easy to remove, like, large fish and stuff because they're kind of... It's a bit, bit obvious, really, if there's just a fish sitting in your living room. It's very easy to get rid of that. Mm. Um However, it, it can allow certain waterborne creatures to sort of then get into your house as a pest and then begin to breed and cause problems and they live in, like, in the cracks so you can't get them. You need to call pest control in, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, well, fortunately, we've got a service just for you. Uh, they're specialised in a, a kind of a very brightly coloured 
uh, blood-sucking creature. Um, so if you have any problems with brightly coloured blood-sucking creatures, just call in Pesticide Squad, colon, kill the lustrous leech. Oh. That's that's what they'll do. Okay. Pesticide Squad will come in and kill the lustrous leech. Right. In your house. Are they... Or leeches, probably, plural. Are they affordable? Mm. Always. They're the most affordable, uh, lustrous leech-centric mm-hmm. pesticide squad in this uh, county. That's a great word, lustrous. It is, yeah. It's I, a very good word. I just had to type it into Word and look at synonyms. Yeah. Yeah, shiny, glimmering. Brilliant. Yes. Yeah, reflective. Grossly incandescent. Grossly. I mean, imagine a big blobby, mm. blood-filled sack that's yeah. all shiny as well. It's not just that there's stuff crawling around your house that's going to drink you dry at night. Mm. It's also going to maybe blind you yeah. if it if it crawls across the top of the telly in the middle of the night. That's the stuff I like. That's. Yeah. I'm so glad that this is a real sponsor because I I might need this. You know, being on uh, being living in a flat and you mm-hmm. too on you know not the ground floor yeah definitely you know if if, if climate change is happening the, the floodwaters come could come in high it's very real risk or it, maybe it would like piggyback in on 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 a, on a meat product maybe. perhaps maybe uh unfortunately are they you know before when i said there was a lie to come okay and i told you that it was a lie that there was a lie to come right uh, that in itself was actually a lie oh. uh, because there was still a lie to come and it was this. Oh, no. Oh, oh man. I'm sorry. Oh, God, you really got me there. Well, maybe we could just set up that company if you really require those services. Yeah. We could form our own, I nearly said lust, lustrous league then, but uh, <laughs> our pesticide leech. squad. Yeah, pesticide yeah. squad. I loved the film as well. Mm-hmm. thought it was just, yeah. t- just really funny. It was great, wasn't Very it? Very well yeah. written. Yeah. Jared Leto was great as the leech. He's the best leech, I think, of yeah. all of them. He's got yeah. a brilliant way of sort of being in films and making it all about himself, sort of leeching the screen <laughs> presence from other actors, but at, at, at the same time, not being very good. I liked that he had um, leech, leech, leech tattooed over the side of his head. I yeah. thought that was really on the nose that and, was really and useful good. to know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I liked that he replaced all his teeth with just more leeches. Oh, God. And uh, on set, he used to just put slugs in other, other actors' dressing rooms. Yeah, he sounds like a, a lovely man. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to get a beer with that man. That's yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. His music's bad, too. <laughs> Anyway, no, that's not the that's not the sponsor, as Peter has correctly identified. The real sponsor are, of course, the patrons over at patreon.com forward slash team triple jump, where for as little as $1 per month, you can get access to the podcast post we put up every week asking for questions for this show. So if you'd like to submit questions on this show, consider supporting us. Patreon.com forward slash team triple jump. Just, Please do. oh no, where are we walking? I saw it. I got it. Oh, excellent. I got it. I, got uh... it. I saw it. Big slug? Uh, no, sure. no, no. People yeah. don't want to look at a big slug for the no, whole video. Maybe not. Probably. No, maybe just a sort of swampy area then. Yeah, Shrek swamp. Yeah. Shrek swamp. There Somebody once told me. Just imagine Jared Leto is in that sort of house thing there. Yeah, Shrek's love shack. Anyway, yeah. uh, sponsor, uh, patrons, sorry, just like 
Uh, just like Carrie Buchter, uh, who says, Hello, lovely boys. Hello. Just wondering if there are any games you play as a tradition. In the summer, I always want to play Yoshi's Island and eat Munch Mix because that was the season I first played it and what snack I uh, and what I snacked on as I did it. Uh, it reminds me of a happy time in my life just before I met my future husband. Ha ha. Just kidding. I love you, Ryan. <laughs> we uh, love you too, Ryan. We do. Yeah, um, I think we love you more than Carrie by the sound oh, of I it. Oh, I think so. I, yeah. I wouldn't argue with that. Peter, here's his munch mix, by the way. Um, yeah. It looks like some sort Ooh. of uh, uh, assorted snacks. That looks lawless. Look at the combination of snacks in there. Oh, there's, I don't know if I'd like that. There's I Cheeto think I would balls, like... balls, yeah. popcorn, little pretzels, what look some... like shreddies. Yeah. Yeah, what are those? Quaker squares. Oh, by the, by the Quaker Oats man. Yeah, by him. Strange. It looks like uh, uh, it looks like a bit. There's there's too many things in there. There are like I think I would like each of those things individually, but mm. not all in in one go. No, me neither. Oh dear me. No thanks. Never mind. You enjoy them, Carrie. All the more for you, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't particularly have like any any big gaming traditions. I. I always play through Spyro 1 at least once a year, but not really at a certain time or for for any specific reason. Um, but there was a time at least for several years where me and my friends uh, who, well, all the way back from high school, actually, I'd known them, but it was when we were at uni, we would uh, get together on, uh, on like Discord or whatever, and we used to play Terraria and start Terraria servers mm-hmm. and make big Terraria bases, fight a load of bosses and stuff. And it would generally be like we would we would do it for a period of a month or two, uh, in a in like in a given year. Uh and then t- so we'd kind of it would fizzle out and we'd stop playing. We'd still be chatting and stuff. We've got like a WhatsApp group and, and things like that. But uh that would just kind of stop. And then, you know, six months later or the following year or whatever, we go, oh, should we should we start Terraria again? And we just, like, start from scratch. And sounds like, you know, some people might find that a bit soul-destroying that you've, like, built this massive world and made all this progress and then let it die. But I think we used to quite enjoy just starting again, building up, fighting the bosses. Um, Terraria, I know you've not really played much Terraria, Ben, but, like, there's... Uh, a, a whole series of bosses that you can kind of summon uh, mm-hmm. by doing certain things. And what's quite fun in Terraria is that you can effectively build your own arena in which to fight the boss. So if you know that it's like a flying boss, you can build this big, you can build a tower with loads of platforms on so that you'll be able to jump up and down and get to it and it won't be able to get away from you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a there's a, 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 a boss called like the Wall of Flesh or something, and you have to dig down into basically hell, mm-hmm. uh, if you dig down deep enough, and build a really, really long road left to right, and uh, then you summon the Wall of Flesh, and you have to run as it comes at you, like a Crash Bandicoot boulder, and you're sort of turning and shooting it as it comes, but you need to make the road long enough that you can outrun it while you're trying to defeat it, because it's like this endless, endless wall of flesh with eyes and tentacles on it that's just coming at you so uh, it's quite fun trying to build 
what you need to uh, to triumph, mm-hmm. you know. So nice. yeah, we, we had a lot of fun doing that. We did that probably three or four times over, mm-hmm. which was uh, good. Yeah, good times, good good memories formed. Lovely. Yeah. You also do Spyro and Crash quite frequently, right? I do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I play I play Spyro and Crash like at least once a year, probably about that on uh, Beyond Good and Evil as well. Maybe mm. average about one, maybe not quite once a year actually, but uh, yeah, very regularly. But uh, yeah, again, not not specifically traditional in the sense that like I play it every Christmas or I, you know, I play it whenever such and such friend comes to stay. You know, it's just I just do it mm-hmm. roughly once a year. Yeah. Nice. What about you? I, to be honest, I'm usually a bit too busy playing new games. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. To, to return to, to old ones. However, uh, taking into consideration uh, Carrie's mention of sort of nostalgia yeah. and, and yearning to play an older game, I did have that on a, on a few occasions. There was a place uh, that we used to go on holiday as a family. And it was really blooming warm. It was somewhere in France. And it was uh, like there was, I think, someone someone from my village owned like a place out there. And they used to like let us stay there for not a lot of money. Yeah. And it was really, really lovely. And we used to go there. We I think we went there like a few summers back to back. And because it was over the summer holidays, I always found that when I was there, I was yearning to play video games and it just made sort of the idea of playing video games that much more exciting because yeah. I couldn't do it. And mm. I had access to eBay at that point. So I think I was, I must've been sort of very late teens and um, I just got super, not. I don't know if it was just because it was quite rural there, but I got super nostalgic for Oblivion. Oh, yeah, and I yeah. would, uh, I would just go on eBay and just buy up all these games that I'd previously owned and sold. And then when I got home, it was super exciting because there'd be like three or four games waiting for me that I wanted to play. That I was just, you know, stuck in the middle of nowhere. So I was just doing lots of Googling around for games that, you know, just doing lots of research on games I either hadn't played or that, you know, it was Oblivion and I really wanted to play that. And I think that happened a a few consecutive summers, just being in this place, having a lovely time, I must admit, but there was just something there that because I didn't have my PS3 with me, I was thinking, man, I can't wait to play my PS3. I really want to play this game. And then I would just sort of get really excited waiting to go home to play this game that i'd ordered and that was presumably waiting for me Mm. yeah i used to get that on a on a smaller scale just being at school like you know obviously you would rather be at home playing games Mm. than being at school anyway but in a very like strong sense like i would think about a game maybe that I still owned, but hadn't picked up, like you know, hadn't touched for a long time. I'd be like, "Oh, when I get home tonight, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play some Time Splitters. You know, Ooh. I'm gonna play Future Perfect." Yeah. And then I'd get home, and because it is then something you can do, it's not that you're stuck at school and you can't play games right now. It's like, you know, not as enticing as it was when you were trapped at school and unable to do it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you know, sometimes I would still do it and have a great time. Sometimes I wouldn't. I'd be like, "Oh no, it's fine now." You know, it's just it's because I was at school and I've. I've Wanted to do something other than work, uh, but yeah, I, w- I used to get very strong um, 
yeah, kind of cravings for certain games yes. in in situations where I couldn't play them. Yeah, I distinctly yeah. remember being in maths class and being just incredibly excited about the prospect of playing Harvest Moon on PS2. I think it was Harvest Moon, It's a Wonderful Life. And I'd never heard of this game before, and it sort of popped up. I think maybe it was mentioned in a magazine. And I read it and just Mm. thought, wow, this is is exactly what I want to play. (laughs) I really want to play this game. And I found a copy online, and I ordered it. And for days waiting for it to arrive, I was just sat there in lessons I wasn't interested in remotely, mm. just dreaming about all the cool things you can do. I think it was the the calendar system that really excited me, you know, uh, like, oh, on this day, a special tur- tort- tortoise will appear on the beach and he's got right. a ribbon around his neck. And if you talk to him, you get some special thing. And it's like, oh, wow, this game has everything. <laughs> Even the ribbon tortoises that it's I wrote about in my tortoise. in my game journal. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I think there's maybe it's just absence making the heart grow fonder, etc. Oh, but uh, yeah. anyway, that was that very tenuous link for the, from the question. But certainly, um, yeah. I think I think I associate Oblivion perhaps with summer just because it's such a lovely, bright, colourful game yeah. uh, in comparison to Skyrim, which is gray yeah it's cold i feel cold playing skyrim yeah i just want some color just get even the colors are you know muted in the in the non-snowy areas yeah that's true so yeah yeah, i think oblivion my answer to that would be oblivion yeah Yeah. okay uh well it's time to move on from things that we used to play Mm -hmm. on a traditional basis or wish we could play while sitting in maths to something that we're perhaps playing not quite at this very moment, yeah. but in the general week now. Whoa. Give this section a title, Ben. Just riff one. Riff one um, right now. Uh, 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 I'm going to call it um, uh, Trevor. Okay. It's time for Trevor, everyone. Trevor time, everyone. It's time for Trevor. Uh, Peter. Yes. Trevor. Trevor. Uh, well, I've been... Trevoring, as well as uh, I mean, sometimes I do have to rely quite heavily on the games that I've been streaming during the week uh, because in the evenings I end up just like watching Netflix with my beloved. But uh, <laughs> this week, as well as playing Crash Bandicoot Two on stream and a bit of Minecraft with you, of course, hmm. I have continued to play The Last of Us Part Two. And oh goodness me, giddy art! What a game! I'm thoroughly oh, yes. enjoying it. Uh, it is, it is a bit brutal, isn't it? It's a bit. Oh, oh. Yeah, there's, some, there's some violence in there. It's a bit of a violent game, mm-hmm. um, but uh, yeah, it, well, it's quite dark as well. Like some of the places it takes you in terms of moods and motivations and stuff, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's surprised me in a couple of places as well. Um, obviously, I want, still want to remain uh, spoiler free because I know for firsthand that. Uh, Perhaps due to the the ongoing pandemic, or for other reasons, people have been a- unable to get hold of a copy or access their PlayStation or whatever. Mm-hmm. So there are still people who want to play this game who haven't yet. But um, yeah, I mean, I was actually there's a there's a big surprise I think in terms of like the motivation of uh, of the of, of of the playable character like mm-hmm. i think you go through 
the game for the sort of first act of the game kind of assuming stuff about why they're doing things uh things that they know things that they don't know uh things that they want and then there's a bit of a revelation that it turns out oh okay when you assume you make an ass of you and me don't mm, you yeah um and then uh i i mean i'm now again in a spoiler free way i'm now on what i would call day 6 of the in-game days if that okay. if that means anything to the people who've played this game mm-hmm. uh so i'm i feel like i'm reaching a very very climactic point um and uh yeah i must admit like on on day 3 day 4 of those 6 days I there's like a, a change that happens in the game and I kind of I was thinking oh I hope this doesn't last too long because I I want to go back to 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 where we were I want to go back to the way things were on on at the end of day three um and uh so I was I was feeling a bit like cynical about where we were going from there but you know as time has gone on I've thought oh yeah and no, actually this is really good I really like this too um, which I guess is like exactly what Naughty Dog were going for, really. Like you probably mm. start that thinking, "God, what's this about?" Like, uh, no thanks. And then uh, <laughs> over time, you know, it changes your perspective, and that's exactly the point of the entire story. I'm sure it is. Um, Can you imagine judging that based on leaks and not experiencing it yourself? Uh, I know it's nothing like what you expect. Um, also, I and this is this is. Actually, no, I'll also I'll have to be cryptic here too. But mm. I've discovered, like, you know, quite late late on in those six days, you encounter a character who uh, there's something about their uh, identity that is just another thing that I can tell probably pissed off people who played that far into the game, which probably a lot of them didn't if you're of that attitude. Mm. But... uh you know, this the whole thing started with like one of the very early trailers for the game with Ellie being uh, Ellie like kissing a girl, and you know, it's. I mean, it was already explored, wasn't it, in um, Left Behind that Ellie was gay, wasn't it? Yes. I think that was already revealed, yeah. but maybe some people hadn't played that, or uh, you know, but, but certainly uh, in the lead up to The Last of Us Part Two coming out, it, there was a lot about like, oh, Ellie's a lesbian. I don't like that. Um, and I thought that was the only thing that people were pissed off about, but I suspect there were other things too for those who actually, you know, at least sat through the game but were also ignorant. So, yeah, yeah, that, there's a lot of intolerance fun. going around. Yeah, yeah, it's very difficult to talk about this game without, you know, yeah. big spoilers. But Absolutely. I do want to respect those who are perhaps still in the position I was in only a week or so ago. So, yeah, I think the main point is that there's. Uh, there's a lot of moments in this game that are controversial. Yeah. But the a lot of what you know, the 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 usual suspects are complaining about yeah. is the kind of stuff that absolutely should not be controversial. No. And uh they're just being dinguses. Mm-hmm. A lot of strong female characters in that game. Yeah. Um a lot of minorities as well, like or or diversity at least, a lot of uh ethnic diversity um should all be good stuff should be celebrated but probably not in bigot's certain worst circles. nightmare peter bigot's worst nightmare because hang on why isn't it just joel all the way through <laughs> being a white cis male and talking about how he wants to have sex with other white women 
There was a great article I read, like a joke article. Um, I can't remember where I found it. I'll I'll send it to you once you finish the game. Yeah. It was written from the perspective, sort of obviously a very um, hyperbolic perspective. Yeah. Intentionally so. And it was, I wanted this game to be Joel driving a truck made of knives across the country. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It was great. It's very good. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad you're enjoying it. I am. I really am. And I don't, I, I now can't get really at, at my head around how long the rest of the game is going to be. I don't know if it's like perhaps in thirds, if there's, you know, effectively nine days or if there's six days and I'm about halfway through, which seems the most likely, but it, you know, it just keeps surprising me, this game. Mm-hmm. So I'm intrigued to just see where it actually ends. At it this has point. many, it has many moments where it's like, th- this is, oh man. Oh, what an ending. Oh, yeah. Oh, hang on. Yeah. Yeah. Which is great. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's great. Glad you like it. Uh, Ben, Trevor. Yes, I felt like it was only fair that I opened some more loot boxes in Avengers. Fantastic. Yeah. So I I I dove, I divened, I divvied. Yeah, divvied. Yes, divvied. Uh head first back into the beta this past weekend. Oh, I said I should say last weekend now, um, and we're recording this on Wednesday, by the way, for people yes. who are confused by that statement. Uh, and I jumped into some of those strike missions slash side mission things, and I did two of them. One of them I was actually able to match make with a stranger online because oh, these fantastic. are the missions that you can play in co-op, four-player co-op. Mm. And uh, this is the. This is, I would say, the one of the things that goes in this game's favour is that if you can have a full complement of friends playing this game, I imagine you can have some fun. If you're if you've got if you've all got your own chosen hero and and you're able to, you know, go through these missions and just mess around. The problem is that apart from some sparse voiceover, it only and this may change in later missions, but the only person that the uh, the, the your sort of man in the chair, if you like. The only person he's communicating with is Kamala. So regardless of who you've, who you've got with you, um, there, there's there's very limited interaction in terms of you know voiceover right uh, between characters. So from a story perspective, as expected, very much takes a back seat. This is this is purely to level up, tick a box. Uh, grind out some new gear or whatever and mess around with your friends and I didn't think it was too bad and then I went into another one and it was in an almost identical interior lab setting right, with a okay. slightly different layout and I thought ah oh, okay I I get it I think I, I get it problem is I don't think you're gonna I think it's gonna be very unlikely that people are going to have three other friends who have this game Mm -hmm. so you're almost going to have to exclusively play with strangers which again isn't too bad but i was playing the beta the open beta and i was able to match make with one person my entire time playing this this uh this this open beta yeah and uh, the rest of the time it was sort of auto filled by ai so you can still play them and you have a full complement of um avengers with you but yeah it's just i don't know i really don't know it's out so soon next week i think it's out right and uh i'm looking forward to experiencing the story because as as i said last week the central conceit of this game is interesting and i like it and i like the hub area that you're presumably going to fully populate as you go through yeah new avengers as you bring them back on board it's just the structure of the game is so unnecessary it doesn't have to be like destiny it doesn't have to be a game as a service 
I appreciate that that you know ultimately with free Avengers and characters being patched in and the, all the stories that come with that it's all going to be free and it's just going to extend the game but I, I don't necessarily want that if it comes hand in hand with all the other boring, tedious, grindy stuff. Yeah. You know, I don't want to have to look at a, a mission and it say, I'm sorry, your Black Widow isn't a high enough level for this mission. Mm. Like, I'm an, it's, a, it's an Avengers game. Yeah. <laughs> this is meant to be escapism for me. I, I, this is my power fantasy of being a superhero. Don't make me, don't make me grind. Or at to least do let it. me try. Like make it hard. Like you know, if it could at least like have a thing where oh well, if you have like certain certain gear, this might be easier or harder. But like you know, mm. anyone can have a go, and if you're good at the game, you'll probably be able to do it anyway, sort of thing. But. Yeah. Absolutely. This is, I know we'd, well, I in particular have voiced my dislike for it on several occasions, but Jedi Fallen Order, that's where it gets it right. In that while I didn't enjoy how they executed the game mm. in many ways, and I will talk about that again in a minute. Me too. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'd, uh, it could have easily gone a very different way. And I feel like this, this game, Marvel's Avengers, just needed to be a third-person action game. It didn't need to be multiplayer. It didn't need to have live service elements. It could have just been, here is your story with some side distractions if you want. They could have made the you know, the co-op strike stuff. It could have just been the multiplayer component of the game and had it not feed back into the single player. You know, yeah. it could have just been a totally separate mode. But no, it has to all be this integrated destiny-like system and i just i really don't like it i counted it by the way there's nine currencies in this game oh uh, including all the resources and it's just i just don't want that i don't want that and i don't know who does mm. you will get some enjoyment out of this game it seems to be competently made it's pretty jarring having you know all these big name voice actors involved because it's just oh look it's nolan north and troy baker and and oh, it's Jarvis, otherwise known as Troy Baker, quite clearly doing an English accent. And it's you just you, it you stop thinking about them in terms of their superheroes. It's like right, let's go save Nolan North. Yeah. Um, which again, you know, they're they're all fantastic at what they do, but they're so they're so overexposed in games that when they are not not really doing an accent, it's very easy to tell who it is. And I don't know why that's more jarring than seeing an actor in a film, but it kind yeah. of is. Um, so, yes, I am looking forward to playing through the campaign. I hope I'm not, I can just focus on it and not be locked out by gear requirements and stuff, but I have a horrible feeling that that will be the case. Um, because I think a lot of people playing this beta will play through that opening mission, the San Francisco mission, and be like, whoa, this is brilliant. You know, there's lots of explosions. It's really diverse. You're switching between all the Avengers. And then the very next story mission it gives you in this, which is a bit later on, is far more is far more generic and far less sort of action-packed. Um, yeah. Just feels like a, some, somewhere between that first mission and the really boring, lifeless side stuff. So I hope it can, cont uh, you know, can maintain some kind of pace. But, man, I'm not hopeful. We'll see, though. We will see. I, want well, to, that... I don't want it to be bad. You, you know, we've been doing this since it was formally announced last year, and I was extremely excited. Yeah. Yeah, well, well, we'll be coming to this topic again later on in the show, I think, under a different uh, under yes. a different banner to an extent. Absolutely, um, we will. Yeah. Um, 
also i played a lot of warzone Mm -hmm. this week peter like an awful lot of warzone they added a new mini royale i don't know if i talked about it last week but it's much touch on it yeah it's it's so much better than the full one much shorter Mm. gears a lot better uh, the map's a lot smaller and it's just a lot more chaotic i've won several games though Oh, like okay. five or six well, games done. over the weekend, which was really God. fun. Yeah, just killing you. it. I know. I'm really good at wars and that. Yeah. Uh, I, I started playing A Way Out again. Oh, okay. That we streamed because my brother is up visiting this week. So, Leo. Uh, need Leo Vincent. We needed a uh, needed a sort of a co-op game. Oh, by the way, you know when you're on that bridge, when you first escape from the prison and you can get in the car and just floor it across the bridge? Yeah. Did you know you you wouldn't because I was playing as Leo. There was there's a button prompt that comes up that says floor it, which I thought meant I have to press that button and floor it. Turns out you don't. You can drive really carefully across the bridge. <laughs> but then when you get to the other side, you get caught anyway because it's as we discovered playing that game, it doesn't it gives you the illusion of for choice, but it's not really. Oops. It's not really my, any choice. My phone's uh, dinging. Uh yeah, you, it allows you to to get from A to C. Well, or a, sort of A to D via B or C, but you will mm. still always end up at D, as yes, it were. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so mm. that's that's a good laugh. And uh, very finally, very finally, I've started playing through a load of Xbox 360 games, and God, some of them are, some of them sure are, huh? Yeah, they sure are. Are you emulating them? Or? Uh, no, I'm playing them for real. Oh, goodness. Where did you get a 360 from? I borrowed it from a friend. Mm. I had to borrow a 360, and then I had to borrow James, our senior editor. I had to borrow yeah. his controller because all the controllers in the world are broken, apparently. Yeah. Um, and I've just been slowly playing through some some games on the Xbox 360. And you can't buy them anymore either. Why controllers? Xbox controllers? Yeah, no, it's a bit yeah. of a pain. But uh, anyway, that's what I've been, Trevor. That's Trevor. Yeah, Trevor. Trevor's done. Um, it's time to move on from Trevor to Thomas. Mm. What's Thomas here to say? Thomas says, hello, idols. Thomas. Oh, goodness me. Stop it. Are there any video games where you loved slash liked the game, story, etc., but hated slash disliked the protagonists? Personally, I thought The Evil Within was a great game, but I did not have any strong feelings for the main character, Sebastian, until the sequel, where they expanded on his character. By the way, six subscriber count, my dudes. Thank you very (laughs) much, Thomas. We're getting there. We are slowly getting there. Um... Very quickly about The Evil Within. Have you played it? Uh, no, I've not played it. I was sent um, years ago when it came out. I was sent by Push Square to a preview event at Bethesda's offices to mm. play it. You know, the best possible choice of person to go and play a <laughs> horror game. And it yeah. was horrific. They put us in a dark room with headphones on oh, God. to play it. It was the worst. Um, about this question. Yeah. I think there's... Uh, there's two routes you can go here right? because there's a difference, I feel like, between having a weak protagonist and having a protagonist that you actively dislike. Because I would argue that in Time Splitters 2, Sergeant Cortez, weak protagonist. Yeah, true. And I would also yeah. argue Half-Life, Gordon Freeman, weak protagonist. But Ooh, not, because, some people there, not because but... he's bad. No. Because he's meant to be silent, you know. You're not. You're not meant. To, he's not meant to have his. Uh, you know, be that sort of. Well, I don't know. Do you sort of understand where I'm coming from there? I'm, I'm trying to get my my words straight, but I don't think he's a bad protagonist. I just mean that in the confines of the question, he is. He's not sort of someone that you can connect with because he's not. He doesn't talk. You you don't see him in cutscenes. That kind of stuff. 
Yeah, and weirdly, like the other, you can almost like you can have a weak protagonist, sort of objectively, but still, sometimes you can still like them anyway, even though like yeah. probably other people don't. Like for example, Claude Speed from uh, Claude GTA Three, yeah, exactly, completely silent, doesn't really do anything. He's just a grunt, really. But for some reason, I really liked that guy. I thought he was cool. Uh, I, think I don't that's... know if it was his jacket or what. It was but... probably the jacket and the hair, right? Yeah, probably. I think so. Um, uh, but weak protagonist, objectively. Yeah, yeah, I think maybe maybe weak is not the right term. But what I'm trying to the the point I'm trying to make is that there's a distinction I think between protagonists who allow you to get to know them and are annoying and not very good, or mm. and protagonists who are say silent that you are meant to be. You know, you're meant to imprint upon them, and that's why yeah. you know you can like Gordon Freeman because you're him and mm. your actions are his. And, you know, that that's why it's all presented from the first person perspective. But, you know, I don't think it's I suppose what I'm trying to say is you can't really compare them to perhaps the people we're about to talk about. Uh, yeah, we're going to talk who, about now who are who given been, character. They've, yeah, they've been deliberately fleshed out and you're probably supposed to like them, but you don't say it with me, Ben. Cal Kestis. Cal Jedi, Kestis. There he from is. From Jedi Fallen Order. We both didn't like that guy. And no. I started out thinking, and I think even like as early as the, when the trailers came out, actually, but certainly when I sat down with the game, I started out thinking, I kind of don't like this guy. And for some reason, I don't even like his face. Like, I don't like the way he looks. It's I don't a like shame because it's talks. a real person as it well. It is, I know. I feel bad saying <laughs> that. I'm, like sure that. <laughs> I'm sure he's a lovely man, really. But uh, he just doesn't look like a hero or a mm. relatable protagonist. He looks like He looks a bit like the other person I'm about to mention, actually, in a, in a minute. But, um, you know, I started out feeling that way and I thought, no, come on, I'll, I'll try and give this guy the benefit of the doubt. Like, I don't know him. He's, I'm sure he's got good motivations and he's a he's a good old light side Jedi boy who's going to do good stuff. And he was that in the sense that he was good, not evil. But it's, I just never warmed to him at all. Mm-hmm. Didn't like him at all. Yeah, I think perhaps he was the... He was the the weird face of a game that I I didn't enjoy very much, mm. um, and <laughs> maybe that's why I dislike him quite so much. But yeah, I just think he was he just he felt like such a generic style, just just a generic Jedi. He's just yeah. earnest and well meaning. Come on, guys, we've got to we've got to take it take them down. We've yeah. got to fight the Sith Lords, my dudes. And it's just like they they're all like that, all of them. I feel like that was the case with the with the new films as well to an extent was that the good guys were just so relentlessly good yeah with, with very little nuance and it was like oh god I'm not yeah. saying everyone needs to be you know like an edge lord <laughs> moody and insufferable or anything because I've got a couple others of those on my list yeah um but I just think there's yeah he's just annoying wasn't he he's just a he bit was. of an annoying ass and you're right, like, you know, most of the new ones from the films are like that, but, like, probably the one I liked the most or disliked the least was Finn, because at least he, like, in the first film yeah, or two, yeah. he was like, I'm getting out of here when I can. Let's see you later, everyone. I'm not hanging around for some rebellion. See you later. Mm-hmm. And, you know, th- at least there's some humanity in that rather than, we will be the spark to light the fire to bring the first order down. <laughs> you know, just doing big speeches constantly. More. Yeah, yeah, more. more. <laughs> he, um, uh, 
yeah, also very quickly, I know we're getting on a tangent here, but what was up with Finn like being a deprogrammed stormtrooper breaking out of that brainwashing? Yeah. And then spending the next two films murdering as many stormtroopers as possible without any attempt to, you know, save them or free them. Yeah, he didn't feel bad about like literally the opening scene was him watching a stormtrooper get killed and he got blood on his on his mask and he felt yeah. really bad and and it snapped him out of it. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as he encountered other stormtroopers, he was more than happy to kill them seemingly. Yeah, just hooping was, and hollering and blowing them up. There was no off. moment of like what have I done? You know, after they could have at least had him like fight them in the moment and then after the fact look down and go, "Oh, these were my brothers. I should have freed them." Or, you know. Yeah. No, he loved it. Could have been a Kill subplot. More. Could have been a subplot where he tried yeah. to free some sort of training camp of you know stolen children, but no. I think in that uh, completely alternate script uh, that was, I mean, the script itself wasn't leaked, but I think there was a, a whole different the the one where it says he's lost the Star Wars. Remember, <laughs> remember that? I didn't know that. Uh, there was a, a oh, script no. for like an alternate version of that film where he's one of the villains. There's some like dialogue or like stage directions where it says he stares out of the window and watches the the star destroyers blow up. He realizes he's lost the Star Wars. <laughs> uh, but in that film, I think there was meant to be a bit where Finn like frees loads of stormtroopers and gets them to turn on their. See, that would be a good, interesting plot beat, and it would yeah. be in keeping with the established character. But no, no rubbish. Anyway, that's Star, anyway, star Wars time. Yeah, we lost the uh, Star Wars, didn't we? Really. Mm, yeah, we all did collectively. Yeah. yeah, Disney won them in a horrible way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, while we're on the subject of Cal, I will mention the person who, in a way, he sort of looks like, and someone else I didn't like very much was Jimmy Hopkins from Bully. Oh, okay. Um, I think I just didn't like the fact that you know you can be. I get that they they had to make him a bit of a tough guy because he was in this really rough school, and if you're not like. You know, a bit ruthless and a bit of a, a bit of a bully yourself. Mm. You, in in uh, Bullworth Academy, you're in trouble. Uh, but I think they just did it in a way. Basically, what I've written in brackets here is most rock star protagonists. Actually, <laughs> um, yeah, okay, fair. Didn't really like John Marston for similar reasons. Again, like mm-hmm. he actually had some good in him. Like he wasn't. You know, if you compare him to some of the other people who he encountered, he was a pretty heroic guy. To be honest, had some good morals, but. I don't know these guys. They, they all, they're just like knuckleheads, really. I think most of the heroes, quote unquote, from uh, you know at least from the first Red Dead, most of the GTA games, from Bully, they're all just a bit like mm. you know, oh, I'm gonna get you, I'm gonna win and be the best. And I just didn't, I couldn't relate to that at all. And I get that those games, in a way, that they're, they're meant to be like that in that. You can live vicariously through those people and be like, oh, I wasn't a rough kid at school. Therefore, I I get to live that life in this game. Mm. Um, But I think there's a way to do that without making a fairly unlikable protagonist. Yeah. 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 I liked Michael and I think, is it Franklin? I really didn't like Trevor. Oh, God. Yeah, Trevor. I'd forgotten about Trevor. I found Trevor to be just the most insufferable, unpleasant person. I know he wasn't meant to be pleasant, but some people no. found him really funny. And I remember playing it and just thinking, I, re- I don't like playing as this person at all. Yeah. This, I, I'm not enjoying this. Mm. Uh, but that's just me, maybe. I don't know. Uh, I've got also got here Delson Rowe from Infamous Second Son. 
Yeah. Again, that's another Troy Baker original where he plays himself. Um, mm. Not that I'm saying he's insufferable, but like he just does his own voice with no nuance. And uh, he he's just a bit of a, a detached, cool guy. And right. he's just a bit like, uh-huh, I've got superpowers, whatever, man. And it's like, oh, just shut up, Delsin, idiot. <laughs> uh, J- uh, Griffin from Jumper's, Jumper Griffin story. Oh, of course. He was yeah, a bit loved rubbish. Him. Didn't like him. No. Sam Porter Bridges from Death Stranding was a difficult one because much mm. like... In fact, I'm going to say... You know what? I'm going to say it. Yeah. Um, Venom Snake from Metal Gear Solid Five as well. Oh, God. Okay. Because they didn't... They didn't clearly didn't pay them enough to have them deliver many lines. <laughs> they just stand there for most of it, weirdly silent, observing what's going on. And when Sam does emote, he's like a strange chimp man who recoils at people's advances. I know he doesn't like to be touched because of some weird story thing, but like he's like, no. Oh, don't, yeah. don't touch me. It's just weird. He's just a weird guy. I mean, that wasn't the only thing wrong with that game, as we've discussed ad Heavily. nauseum. But yeah. He was just so strange, and I didn't like him. Um, there was a, another big reason I didn't like Venom Snake from MGS5 as well, and that was obviously that it wasn't voiced by David Hayter. Mm, and that's, I think, yeah. part of the problem is that when they got Kiefer Sutherland in, he was clearly very expensive, and so there would be entire scenes where he just does not respond or react. Yeah. He's just animated as being in the room, and he'll just go like that. It's like, oh yeah, that's the that's the snake we know. That's him. Yeah. So yeah, uh, the last couple I've got here are from Borderlands Three, where okay. because of the nature of how it's designed, the playable characters they're never truly involved in cutscenes or anything like that because it's meant to be you can play as any of them. So occasionally they'll just it'll randomly select one of the characters that's being played as in your party, and they will reply to plot beats and whoever's talking to you over the radio and stuff in in certain right. styles and all of them are just kind of annoying that <laughs> i think as as i've discussed on here before like borderlands 3's writing is nowhere near as good as borderlands 2 because the writer what well, isn't there anymore that did mm. that one and um so they're all just kind of insufferable i play as uh, amara the siren and she's just so full of herself all the time that it doesn't even come across as sort of ironic or humorous she's just like i am amazing and it's just oh god it's like shut up <laughs> shut up <laughs> and there's a few other characters in there that they really try to make feel big and important but actually just come across as like oh piss off like you're really annoying uh, lilith is super irritating in that game um, right. as is Lorelai, who is a very short-lived character who's meant to be a badass but ends up just again just being kind of annoying and um yeah i think that that game that game really suffers for its writing the dlc for all of them has been way better than the main story of borderlands 3 Mm, um, yeah. So, yeah, there's a few characters that we hate. Well, you mentioned Infamous. It's just made me think I really hated the guy in Prototype. Oh, um, hood, Hooded Man. Hooded Man. Yeah, I don't even remember his name. And he was just re- he was a like a brooding edgelord. Because mm. obviously Prototype, you're kind of, you're not a superhero. You've got superpowers, but you're a bit, you know, you're an anti-hero. Yeah. Just like Griffin. Griffin, um, yeah. I think a lot of anti-heroes really, like, you know, early Kratos as well. Mm. I mean, I guess he wasn't supposed oh, yeah. to be that likable. Kratos likeable, is but... detestable. Yeah, he, yeah. he really was. He, like, there was, he was not relatable at all. He was no, just, I get fear, the... he was a vessel to be mad. 
He was, and like I know he wasn't supposed to be someone you could easily relate to, but there's a way of, as I say, there's a way of doing characters like that mm. without making them actually like properly detestable. Uh, you can you can kind of love to hate someone, and you can hate to hate someone, and I think some of these characters come out further on the uh, firmly on the hate side. So, yeah, it's a shame. It is. Uh, it is. So we can move on now, I think, yeah. to something oh, a bit yeah. odd. Our, um... If you'll just allow me to get my mouse mat. I really should at some point before next just week. Just get some paper. Get some paper and leave it on my desk, but but no. But no. But no, who has the time? Are you <laughs> yeah, ready? Right, I'm ready. It's time, everybody, for weird news. Weird news. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. It's weird news time. Peter, what weird gaming news do you have? Uh, I've got a weird gaming news here from Kotaku. Mm. Thank you to the people who tweeted slash DM'd this to me. Uh, there were several. Uh, it's a good story. I, I, I like it. Uh, so, Kotaku, Street Fighter V tournament organizers apologize for playing fart noises during match. <laughs> okay. Uh, this is written by Ian Walker. Um, and as I say, Kotaku.com. Uh, the folks behind r slash Street Fighters online tournament series uh, online tournament series pride themselves on providing streams that go beyond rote recitations of sponsors and matchup knowledge. Wow! But this wait, it, it goes on. But this laissez-faire approach to commentary recently bit them in the ass. Uh, yeah, but it's the way this is written. Yeah. That that opening is. Yeah. Someone's using their degree. They certainly are. Uh, recently bit them in the ass when they decided to pepper their broadcast with farts rather than insightful conversation. During last night's tournament, this was written on the uh, on yesterday, it says, unhelpfully, which is the 25th of August. Okay. During last night's tournament, the winner's final came down to two players, D-Answer and FGC-Jesus. Both play as 
f.a.n.g or fang mm-hmm. uh, a street fighter 5 newcomer whose wacky move set doesn't always translate to wins in serious competition this character is so technical that even top players have a hard time making him work so it should have been a fun moment to see two fang users meet so close to the grand finals but that's not what happened instead the commentators Commentators decided that playing fart sounds over the match would be better than enjoying what was happening on screen. The fighting game community has a problem with respecting playstyles or matchups that they don't find legitimate or exciting. This mentality most often rears its ugly head when a zoning character, that is a character who relies on heavy fireball usage and hit and run tactics, sets the tone of a match, because it often means spectators are in for a slow fight with little engagement. Fang might not be a pure that might not be a pure keep away character, but his kit encourages enough of those tactics to make him a grown worthy sight for some fighting game players. Uh and although the article doesn't say that is that's why they were playing fart sounds because right. there were two fang players fighting each oh, other oh no okay um this behavior didn't sit well with fcg fgc jesus who swore off the subreddit's tournaments after listening to the fart filled commentary live during the match I don't like being treated that way, FGC Jesus wrote on Twitter. I'm not any different than anyone else who works hard in this game. Sorry my character's annoying to play and you don't know how he works. But like, I made it to the winner's finals. I was proud of myself. I get that it was a joke and stuff. I forgive you guys. I just legitimately got hit where it hurts in my feelings. Oh no. I know, I feel bad for Jesus. That's very sad. Poor Jesus. Yeah. Uh, r slash street fighter organizer joe monday immediately reached out to fgc jesus and apologized publicly saying that the decisions made during commentary were his and acknowledging that both players were treated disrespectfully oh boy sorry i played fart noises during your during (laughs) During your your video game fight your finals match just because i don't like your character brilliant what a respectful community oh, that sounds like a God. lovely community to be involved in i mean as if the, the 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 competitive fighting game community wasn't already having issues at the moment yeah with all the with all the allegations and such and they can't even play because of fart noises now mm. yeah awful Good. that's great. terrible uh ben what's in the news we're also in kotaku this is from ethan gack and this was posted on the 17th of august so i did a bit of scrolling to find this one Right. U.S. tourist attraction sues Fortnite over Aquaman Castle. Right. Here we go. The Coral Castle Museum in the U.S. state of Florida, said to be built by a lovesick man in the early 20th century, (laughs) is suing... That becomes relevant later. Is suing Fortnite maker Epic Games over the game's recent addition of a new Coral Castle location, which the museum's owners claim infringes on their trademark. Located just south of Miami, the Coral Castle Museum is a large garden full of sculpted rock formations that looks somewhere between an ancient archaeological dig site and a modern-day miniature golf course. Now, it's suing Epic Games over an aquatic-themed rock formation of the same name that was added to Fortnite earlier this month as part of the season's Aquaman theme. As first reported by Polygon, the museum's owners want the name, which it has trademark, trademarks removed from from Fortnite and for Epic Games to pay it some money for allegedly attempting to profit off the Coral Castle brand. Yeah. Both include... Here we go. This is why. You ready? This is from the uh, lawsuit. 
Both include nautical slash beach motifs, castle structures, partial castle walls, and stone objects, part of the lawsuit <laughs> reads. Both also evoke the feeling of a centuries-old mysterious place. <laughs> The museum also points out in its lawsuit that since the new Fortnite location has connections to Aquaman, Epic Games could have just called it Atlantis, but instead decided on Coral, Ca- uh, Ca- uh, bleh, Coral Castle. This isn't the first time the company's been accused of profiting off other people's creations, and it also comes right on the heels of Epic Games' own lawsuit against Apple for being a monopoly. And I've got some photos here. Would you like to see Coral Castle Museum? I'd love to see it, yeah. Um, because is... I want to see what kind of scale project this thing is that they think Fortnite is trying to pass off as or profit from so okay there's um it looks like jungle run with all the floodlights yeah it looks the, like some sort of the real tv set i'm sending yeah. you the uh, the coral castle from the so there are actually some similarities especially in that first screenshot the weird uh, pillars that they've got there oh yeah that is a bit it's a bit similar it's a little bit similar. Do you want to learn yeah. about uh, a bit more about Coral Castle, the the actual uh, one about the lovesick man? I want to know about the lovesick man a lot, please. Okay. According to the museum's website, the Coral Garden was built in 1939 by Latvian immigrant Edward Leedskalnin. 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 And then this is this is in quotes now. With no outside assistance or large machinery. Why? Wow. Apparently because one true love, Agnes Scuffs, cancelled their wedding. So, <gasps> feeling heartbroken and deeply saddened, Leedskalnin decided to create a testimony to his unrequited love in the form of an over 1,000 tonne carved rock formation. It's now Who amus- wants to marry someone called Agnes Scuffs anyway? <laughs> I mean... Sounds like a Beano character. She sounds like a winner to me. <laughs> it's now a museum where visitors can pay a few bucks to tour a ghostly monument to one man's perhaps unhealthy inability to simply let it go. If Fortnite's Coral Castle really is inspired by the museum, it adds a whole new layer of bizarre lore to the Battle Royale pit stop. And even if it's not, I don't think I'll ever be able to get in a coral-themed shootout again without being haunted by Lead Skalnin's tale. Oh, There we go. Epic Games goodness. declined to comment on the lawsuit. So, no update on that as yet, but... Uh, Shout out to my boy, Edward, <laughs> building a weird mini golf course and forgetting to put the holes in. You want to be careful going up against Fortnite, of all things, yeah, Epic Games, with a lawsuit. They will just eat you for breakfast. Absolutely. I mean, they've got the cop- they've got the trademark on the name. Um, yeah, I mean... So there are. I think there's enough similarities to at least get it removed. They might not get any money, though. But as we know, Ben... Mm trademarks exist in different sort of subsections of you know you can have a you can have a plumbing service called coral castle and also a catering service called coral castle and they could both have a trademark on it maybe they're in the same uh nautical uh, nautical category perhaps yeah that's enough anyway ghostly ruins ghostly ruins hang on what was it that evokes mysterious let me find it (laughs) Yeah. Uh, duh, 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 evoking the feeling of a centuries old mysterious place. Oh, with stone items or something. <laughs> yes. Yeah, st- uh, castle structures, partial castle walls, and stone objects. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> there it is. Fantastic. Well, there we go. That's some weird news. Uh, let's move on to another question. Yeah, this is from Jonesy, who says, Now then, chaps! Exclamation mark. I've recently been spending the majority of my spare time playing Fall Guys. 
as much as I think it's a fantastic game and a multiplayer experience we've been crying out for for ages, I don't think I've ever been so salty or uh, or, or rage, just or <laughs> salty rage. or rage, playing a game before. But I keep going back. I know, Ben, you've recently experienced the same with Cuphead. I was just wondering if there's been other games where you've put a lot of time into but raged your way through it. As always, keep up the amazing work. Jonesy. 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 I wouldn't say that I've um, I've really raged my way through many games. Um, Cuphead was de- is definitely one. Mm. Um, Death Stranding is one that I didn't so much rage my way through apart from when I was trying to take a direct route over the mountains yeah. to, to my destination and I kept sliding down or falling down or the nuclear bomb I was transporting on a skidoo for some reason exploded. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that, that one was, that one was sheer attrition. That was spite that motivated me through that one. Um, yeah, pretty much every game I've played through on the hardest difficulty has been a rage inducing mm, affair. Of course. But in general, there are definitely games I've forced my way through just, just, to, but I forced my, like I forced myself to play them. I haven't raged through them. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order was one where I was like, I really should finish this. Um, yeah. And and I, I didn't particularly enjoy that game very much. Shadow of Mordor was another one. Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor, which people bloody loved. It, it won Game of the Year awards and stuff. And yeah. when I got round to playing it, I just didn't really understand what the big deal was. And I, I wasn't that impressed, to be honest. I, I love the ne- Nemesis system. And I'm amazed no one's tried to rip it off yet. Yeah. But apart from that, I don't know. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't overly impressed. Another one is Dead Rising 2 which I think I bought just because lots of people were excited about it and then I didn't really like it, but I played it all the way, all the way through to the end anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I felt similar about... I mean, I only played... Um, I played uh, some of the Lord of the Rings at a uh, one of the events we went to. I don't remember which one it was now. It was probably an EGX. Yeah, I think it was EGX um, 2017, I want to say. Yeah, and I I had a bit of trouble in the in the little demo that they had. Uh, I I kept dying quite a lot, and I kind of thought, yeah, I again, I the Nemesis system sounds great and uh, it plays fine. Bit difficult at the way. I mean, I was, I was like, I'm probably getting used to it, and maybe in time I would find it a lot easier. But mm. it didn't feel like super special to me. Like it didn't make me, you know, desperately want to get out and play it. Other than the Nemesis system, which, as you say, is is a really cool idea. Um, but uh, yeah, in terms of games that I've raged through, as you say, you know, mm. the hardest difficulty settings of various games. The ones that stick out to me, though, are the Halo 1 and 3, both of which I completed solo legendary, right. which uh, not easy, uh, particularly the penultimate levels in both cases. Mm-hmm. Um, well, actually, no, Halo 1 it comes earlier, but the library in Halo 1 and then the penultimate level in Halo 3, difficult stuff. Um, but uh, also... Uh, in a kind of similar vein, the earliest and some of the later Tekken games, um, I think when you get to the final boss in those, oh God, that's the close. I'm I'm not really one for, you know, I've never broken a controller or like punched a hole in the wall or kicked my console in rage, but that's probably the closest I came to throwing controllers or wanting to snap stuff in half mm-hmm. was... Um, you know the the final boss fight in Tekken One, 
And, you know, Tekken 3 and Tekken 4 I found fairly straightforward. I played those games a lot. Tekken Tag as well was reasonable. But uh, then 5 and 6, my God, just so infuriating. Really, really maddening. Uh, Tekken 6 in particular was just, it just took the piss. Um, And yeah, God, I, I used to rage my way through just those final fights over and over again, just hitting continue, continue, continue. Yeah. Um, Sounds like Cuphead. It does, yeah. Yeah, it's that kind of thing. And uh, other than that, one that just sort of came to mind, it's a game I've not even thought about for years and years, but one that came to mind when I read this question was um, Stuntman Ignition. Oh, okay. Which I had on PS2, which I really enjoyed. Uh, in the For those who don't know, it's a, it's a driving game where you're a driving stuntman and you have to follow... Um, a specific route where you pass very close to cars that are coming at you and go through very narrow gaps. You have to time things perfectly so that you like, uh, you know, go around a corner when it explodes because it's on the film set. Um, and I really enjoyed that game in the, for the most part in that like they they sort of did parody versions of a lot of like uh, uh, well-known franchises. Like there was kind of Dukes of Hazard and Batman and James Bond. You could tell that that's what you were really kind of driving through uh, in in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but God, you if you failed like three tricks uh, in any single run, uh, that was it. You had to restart. And God, some of them were really, really demanding. And uh, I was having enough fun that it made me stick with it. But God... Mm-hmm. Very rage-inducing, yeah. Oh, dear. Yeah. God. Well. Game I've not thought about in a long time. I'm sorry to put you back through that, Peter. That's okay. I'll I'll survive. Yeah. In the meantime, mm-hmm. let's move on to something truly massive. Let's. It's not me. I'm small. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for the big discussion. Big discussion. Big discussion time. This week's big discussion comes from Duncan Wilson, who says, Love the podcast. Not a question. But how ironic that after the podcast chat about Marvel Avengers, DC shows teaser trailers for Suicide Squad and Gotham Knights, and much more of a DC slash Batman fans are very much hyped for both of these. And then a big smiling face emoticon. Colon, uppercase D. Yes. Thank you, Duncan. Despite stating that it's not a question, you were the only person who brought up uh, Gotham Knights and Kill the Justice League, apart from, of course, our sponsor at the start. Yeah. Um, so I thought it would be worth having a chat about, especially considering the mighty heavy rumours that these games are going to be live service games akin to Destiny, akin to Marvel's Avengers, which immediately yeah. is setting off alarm bells for a lot of people. Uh, mm. Did you watch the trailers for these? I did. Yeah, I didn't watch it at the time, but mm. uh, I've I I saw one of them, you know, only a few hours after because uh, it was trending. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I watched the other sort of yesterday or whenever just to prepare for the podcast. Uh, I, yeah, I wasn't. Um, I think uh, Suicide Squad. No, sorry. The, yeah, I saw Suicide Squad at the time, but I didn't really clock Gotham Knights until. Mm. Till yesterday, that one passed me by, but I've yeah, I've seen them both now. Yes, so Gotham Knights is the much rumored one that that we've known was sort of coming for a long time. Made by I think WB Montreal. I may be wrong. Um, yeah, it was Montreal. Yeah, it, it is okay. Um, which is which was rumored as an Arkham game, and it's quite clearly not an Arkham game. Yeah, uh, it appears to be a co-op game where Batman is dead, and you play as is his sort of protege. Batgirl, Robin, Nightwing, and I think it's Red Hood. I Red think Hood. It's called. Yeah. Um, I like the idea. 
And we've got a little quote here that you'll read in a second to sort of yeah. give a bit more context. But um, there was also a sort of four or five minute gameplay presentation as well that showed uh, showed it in action. Mm. And uh, it looks very shiny. But my goodness, if it doesn't have a lot of the hallmarks of a of a live service game. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get to that. Mm. Um, or well, I, I'll in fact I'll read now, and mm. even just in this description, I think you can see where those things will come in. Yeah. Um, so here's a little extract from a Kotaku write-up. Uh, in gameplay footage, also released today, we see Batgirl facing off against Mister Freeze and fighting off various thugs. The entire game can be played alone or in two-player co-op. And here's how uh, Warner Brothers Games describes the game, which sounds a lot like some kind of games as a service setup. In Gotham Knights, players can explore the open-world action of Gotham and patrol the dark streets of the city's five district boroughs in, uh, using a variety of traversable, uh, traversal abilities and heroic combat moves, as well as the iconic Bat-Cycle, or Batsicle. As Batgirl, Nightwing, Red Hood and Robin progress, their distinctive gameplay skills will evolve, along with a growing arsenal of weaponry and gear. So... Yay. So, yes. I know it's not an Arkham game, mm. and I really like the idea of playing in co-op, but there were several things that stuck out to me here. And, you know, this is very early days. We haven't really seen enough to, to judge it at all, but obviously, given everything that's going on with Marvel's Avengers, I think it's, you know, it, people are right to be wary, especially as I think a lot of people would have quite happily just taken another Arkham game, you know, yeah. a single-player Arkham game that doesn't have this kind of stuff in it. But... Leveling up your hero is one thing. You did do that in the Arkham games. Batman leveled mm -hmm. up and you bought new skills yeah. and stuff, but you didn't have you didn't have levels next to your name or whatever. Um there there were numbers that were popping up on enemies when you were hitting them and they had health bars, which also, you know, is very un Arkham and very much feels like a level up and you'll do more damage to the to the enemies. You'll hit them harder. Yeah. Which is weird because, you know, you're meant to be a superhero and you're punching them and they're not really reacting until it's the final punch when they have no health left and then they go down. It's like, mm -hmm. uh, okay, that's a bit strange. Uh, I think the, the voiceover in the gameplay said a dozen hours into her character progression when they were playing as Batgirl. And I was mm. like, character progression? Oh, man, I don't like the sound of that. What about <laughs> if it said a dozen hours into her story, that would be different. Yeah. But character progression sounds an awful lot like there's some grinding that may have gone on there, and I don't know how I feel about that. Um, as long as it doesn't become a tedious live service Destiny wannabe nightmare <laughs> like mm. Marvel's Avengers, then you know we might be in business. But I'm not. I'm not convinced that it won't be exactly that because WB Games have come under fire before, especially with Shadow of War for their microtransactions and their monetization. And I'm very worried that this will be this will bog down what otherwise might be a very good game. Yeah, I think the fact that it's two player co op is uh, is telling. You know, if this had been if they'd said uh, we've got a new single player game and yeah, okay, there's character progression and gear and weaponry. You know that those things in and of themselves aren't aren't terrible, um, but 
definitely if they were confined to a single player game, I think that would like alleviate a lot of fears because if you have a single player game, you pretty much then have to put in a compelling story mm. for the most part, um, as a general rule anyway. But the moment you bring in multiplayer gameplay into something like this, it feels like you don't necessarily have to then commit to a full-on narrative or in fact, it can actually be difficult to do so if you're doing a co-op story some co-op stories do do fine with a with also including a narrative but others you know it gets a bit half-assed you know like even just one example off the top of my head uh the moment you start playing time splitters in co-op the story kind of some of it goes out the window you know there's some really good bits in the single player uh uh, campaign that n- don't end up featuring in the co-op campaign mm-hmm. of Future Perfect, as an example. Um, obviously, that's a long time ago, but I think it still stands as a point. Uh, so, yeah, I think it being two-player co-op, you immediately think, okay, well, that means there's going to be someone else in your game that you're trying to impress with your gear and your perhaps your cosmetic items and, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, things like that. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, and uh, we've said before that co-op improves the experience of any game you know even if a game's bad co-op will always make it slightly better and that's Mm. i don't think either of us have an issue with it being co-op um because you know if you could play if two of you could mess around in the in arkham knight for example and just run around that would be amazing Mm. it wouldn't translate to you know those those sections especially you know the bits with scarecrow and so on that are so iconic it just all of the tension would be sucked out of it and it wouldn't really work you know from a camera angle perspective if your mate is walking into a wall or being stupid Mm. it doesn't really work so while i'm keen to see how they've allowed for co-op in that game i think inherently as we've as we've said before like inherently you lose something when you make a game like this because you 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 get rid of that narrative focus that being a single player game allows for and that doesn't mean that it's going to be bad but if it's going to be live service it is going to take a hit in the story department it just will it has to because that's just you don't get the tight focus that you do when it's a single player narrative driven game and uh, again you know it doesn't mean it's bad that might be what a lot of people are looking for but if people are looking for you know people have been waiting ages for a really good batman story even though you know batman's apparently not in this one hmm then they, they, it might not be what they want. And uh, I've got to hope that, that that it won't be like that. But I just, I personally just want a good story with optional side stuff. Uh, yeah. The only people who are really after the Destiny model, I've, I think they're probably quite happy playing Destiny. Yes. <laughs> Why would you yeah. want to tempt that base over unless you're trying to just monetize it as much as possible. And I'm not saying Destiny monetizes it as much as possible, but inherently, you know, these games, you have to pay to get into them, and then they're monetized like they're free to play, and it's so messed up. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, Warner know that they've got a good thing with the Arkham series, and, all right, yeah, this isn't an Arkham game, and maybe they didn't want to just do another. Um, But, yeah, again, if they brought this out, and if it was... You know, if if we were told as consumers, oh, there's a new single player game coming out. It's called Gotham Knights. Mm. We would know that there was at least a chance it could turn out just like an Arkham game, but with a different focus and set in a different, uh, you know, parallel kind of reality. Uh, but yeah, again, the fact that they've said it's two player co-op, we know pretty much by definition that means it's not unless it's like going to surprise us and be something like a way out, which it just isn't. Mm. Uh, yeah, you're you're not able to properly funnel the player into some the, the more interesting 
moments that you got in in the Arkham series, for example. So yeah, yeah. it's a shame. And not every game needs it either. No, it, no, you're right. Wolfenstein um, attempted it last year with Youngblood. You know, they all yeah. had all the all the enemies had levels above their heads and health bars and stuff. And it was it was the worst game I played last year. Mm. Uh, story and character just took a backseat to to grinding uninspired repetitive missions in just the same few locations over and over again like it was just it was just so not great and i'm not saying that that model can't work but given the track record i don't know why you would do it um when you know as you say you know what works you've got yeah why deviate from that yeah no idea Anyway, Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League was the next one. A lot of people are also saying this is pointing to it being a live service game. Mm. Although, when I was Googling around to try and find a quote to put in here to back that up, no news sources are able to verify that at all. Um, no. So I don't know. Uh, here's a quote from Push Square. The announcement trailer for Suicide Squad Killed the Justice League is surprisingly colourful, despite Metropolis being a bit of a war zone. It can be played as a single-player game or in multiplayer with a four-person team online. You'll be joined by bots if you're on your own. You're never locked to a sing- any single uh, character either, Sorry, meaning you can switch between them as and when you'd like. Rocksteady or, uh, completely avoided the topic of games as a service during its initial pitch, a model the experience has been rumoured to adopt, so we may have to wait for more details on that front. So it's still very early days there. Mm. Uh, the trailer was very comedic. I think if it's going to be games as a service, I have faith that Rocksteady uh, you know, can pull it off if they, you know, they're good enough to, to make it work. If it's going to yeah. go that route, I'd obviously rather it not. I don't think many people would. But the thing that stood out to me was that it's coming out in 2022. Yeah. Why we've got games now being Why have they announced it? Why yeah. I don't want to be drip-fed information about this game for 2 years, especially as it's definitely it will definitely be delayed at some point during that period. Yeah. Because well. it's so far away. That's so vague that that will be delayed. Um and if it does kind of go tits up regarding PR <laughs> Uh, from a PR perspective, if it does turn out to be live service and the more they show, the more people are like, oh, God, look at this screenshot. It's got nine currencies in it. Yeah. Then that's an awful lot of time to for, for the tide of public opinion to turn against it. I think this is announced way too early. Uh, but, you know, again, it's not... I love Rocksteady. I love their games. And I'm excited for both of these, but I'm mm, not thrilled about the direction that they might be going with them. No, yeah, you're right. Um, Suicide Squad, at least, is... I've seen reported in a few places, so, I mean, I don't know where they've got the information from exactly, but it's supposedly set in the actual Arkham timeline. Uh, you might That might be obvious, the fact that it's being made by Rocksteady, but that wasn't necessarily a given. They could have just been making a, you know, a, again, a, some sort of parallel universe or... So what did you, know, you DC... say, sorry, that it was in there? It is. It's, it's set in the Arkham timeline, yeah. Oh, I heard I it wasn't. So. I heard it wasn't set in the Arkham timeline. Oh, really i've seen yeah. i've seen a few outlets saying that it is oh man maybe um, i misread that i'll give it i'll you keep going i'll give it a quick google just to verify okay yeah um my understanding is that it is uh but as i say i was i wasn't sure where people were getting that from i've just seen it reported mm-hmm. um so if that is the case which ben will confirm or deny shortly um that is something that you know might at least entice a certain audience who want to see what's happened to the world after the the Arkham series, 
Um, so it's got that to stand on at least, but obviously it's a bit of a deviation in terms of gameplay style and uh, yeah, the, just the the, the four player aspect or the bots aspect. So it's it's, it's weird in a way to that that is again if ben confirms that it is if, yes. if it does turn it is it, it is yeah. no you were bang on that makes this game infinitely more interesting so your point is is you is absolutely right there it's uh it makes it more interesting but in a sense it's it's very strange that it is set in that uh timeline but is actually a bit of a deviation in terms of gameplay style and, mm. and presentation the fact that it's no longer going to be this uh quite narrative heavy single player experience yeah um it's now going to be i mean you know we don't know exactly what it's going to be i I guess it has a good chance of still being narrative heavy Mm -hmm. but it's got this four player co-op aspect to it all these bots accompanying you which is obviously very different to the uh the arkham Mm -hmm. the arkham games they didn't have multiplayer of course so yeah so that's the same harley quinn then apparently yeah, I, well, Quinn. that's what there's no joke. That's what I thought actually. I was like, she looks nothing like she did in uh, in the previous games. I don't think she's had a style change. She's had a massive style change, obviously inspired by the the Suicide Squad film Harley yeah. Quinn. It could be that you know, I mean, apparently it is the same Harley Quinn, but that does mean that she doesn't have her pudding, and mm. Batman might also be out of the picture too so i don't really know it's interesting for them to forge ahead with this universe after they sort of yeah they kind of put a lid on it at the end of of arkham knight it was sort Mm. of done um anyway well interesting but uh but there we go those those are two huge new batman sort of games uh dc i mean the first one is kind of a batman game but it's not yeah, he's, he's dead. He's he's super dead. But, I mean, I just don't want... I just don't like this style of game. And, and mm-hmm. I find it really tedious. And I don't know... It's obviously too late for these two games to change course. But it does make me worry about all the other much-anticipated titles uh, in development uh, that are not announced yet. Uh, big studios that are also adopting this model and we might now be facing a wave like PS5 and Xbox Series X could be the generation of live service games. And that horrifies me. Yeah, <laughs> I don't like that uh, at me all. Me too. So no. we'll keep an eye on that. They may, may found a, find a way, sorry, to, um, to make it work uh, in a way that's not intrusive and sort of is just kind of pleasant. But uh, who knows? I don't think it has any place in a narrative-driven game and I don't want it there, but it might be all right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Yeah, I feel the same. Well, let us know what you think in the comments and at these various other places that Peter will tell you about right now. Yes, we're uh, we're putting our content out all the time on YouTube and Twitch. That's youtube.com and twitch.tv forward slash team triple jump. When we stream on both of those channels, we're modded by Lord Brotovich, Cecil Prumps, Mads Didactyl and Trowling Badger. Thank you. Uh, we got social media, Twitter and Facebook.com forward slash Team Triple Jump. Luke Eldon looks after Facebook. Thank you, Luke. You're doing an excellent job. Mm-hmm. we got a Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Team Triple Jump. There's all sorts of wonderful rewards there, including early worst games ever. And, of course, asking questions on this very podcast. Um, Discord, bit.ly forward slash Team Triple Jump. That's modded by Jack and Joe. The podcast, if you're watching on YouTube, is available in audio form in all the usual places. And you can go to play.acast.com forward slash s forward slash triple jump. 
We've got a website, triplej.mup, and if you stick a forward slash shop on the end of that, there's a shop, or you can just go to the homepage and click the tab. Whatever you like, so many options. Mm -hmm. And also, we've got um, all of our live stream VODs uh, from Twitch and YouTube get uploaded to uh, the YouTube channel, triplej.mup forward slash VODs. Uh, we have a separate channel for our VODs over there on YouTube. Absolutely. You can follow Peter on Instagram and Twitter at that Peter Austin and myself just on Twitter at confused underscore dudes. We do lists every Tuesday and Thursday, streams every Monday, Thursday and Friday, Thursday being the joint stream, blaze it on YouTube, Monday and Friday being the solo streams on Twitch. Worst Games Ever is fortnightly, Friday for patrons, Sunday for everyone else. The podcast is every Saturday and we do shows every other week opposite the worst games ones and so on. Yes. Please leave a review on your iTunes or your iTunes or your other iTunes and the platforms of choice and so on and so forth. It helps something to do with Al Gore's rhythms. Uh, there's a few things coming up this week or have already come out, I should say. What it means to me, there's a new episode of that. It's Jack from Cultaholic Wrestling talking all about, rather appropriately, Jack and Daxter. Uh, oh. So if you want to hear him talk about that then that's live on the channel now. Please go and give that a watch. I don't want to speak with too much certainty, but next week we may have one of our ranked lists ready to go. I suspect so, yes. So please keep an eye out for that as well. It's been a little while since we've done one of those, but we've got a few in the tank at the moment, and uh, they I think you'll really like them. So mm. please keep an eye out on the channel for that. Anything else you want to say, Peter, before we go? No, I don't think so. I'd just like to thank our sponsor, if I may. Mm. Um, which is, of course... Uh, oh, my goodness. Right. There's a big, big crash in the background there. <laughs> uh, Pesticide Squad. Kill the Lustrous Leech. Mm. I think a Lustrous Leech might be in my house now. Oh, I don't know what. You need to go sort that out. I need to call the Pesticide Squad in, I think. That's me. And, well, you, you go deal with that. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to go and level up in the kitchen by repeatedly hitting, I don't know, the metaphor's ruined. I don't even, can't even oh, be bothered no. to finish it. All right, thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> we'll see you again next time and uh, enjoy your weekend and look after yourselves. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.